Thank you, Captain, for Uh asking me to read your fucking mind. Captain's Pod, Stardate 612922.1. Welcome aboard Starships Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I am your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she's the reason the holodecks have safety protocols. It's Ambassador Day! Mm-hmm. 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 And don't forget a cleaning regimen. Oh, especially. So wait, did you put that in place, or do we clean them because of you? Because and yeah, also I because I put them in place. Listen, I made a mess or two or three or four. I thought to myself on the two or three or fourth one that maybe right. something should be done about this. So you know, I outed myself as the culprit. I then offered to be part of the solution. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was a whole thing. It's actually all in the manual. I can't believe you don't know. It's like, it's like an extracurricular class in Starfleet where you learn about the history of the holodeck. No one reads those manuals. If they did, we wouldn't have any of the holodeck episodes that that we currently have. Like, hey, don't go in there minutes before you're about to embark on a very dangerous diplomatic mission with a very hostile species. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't go in there if you're not certain you can get back out. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, those holodeck doors shouldn't be able to lock. They just shouldn't. Um, There should always be an escape hatch. There's Mm -hmm. none of these things. There are so many ways to escape holodeck episodes that just don't happen. Which led to a lot of messes so not all of them mm-hmm. my fault that's also mm-hmm. outlined in mm-hmm. the documentation specifically not Danae's fault so even people who don't yeah. know who Danae is yeah that's right so i have a question you said two three or four times but did you mean two three or four different occasions or holodecks two three and four like have you have you written off entire holodecks okay when one breaks you go to the next one right no, no, that's no, that's not how that works. No, 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 no. You fix it, or else you just end up. It's like I'm, I've messed up this room. I'm not mm-hmm. going to use it anymore. We'll just do everything in the bathroom. It was a, it was a period of growth for me. Okay, I, I, I had some learning to do. Ew, that's gross. You're such a child. It's <laughs> <laughs> <is> a period. <laughs> oh dear, you might think that we're doing a holodeck episode today, but we are not. Although the holodeck does make an appearance, we are continuing our theme of sorts um with descent part one do you know anything about this episode have you been spoiled on it at all are you going in completely blind no all i know is on twitter i saw that someone said uh they they questioned your logic a little bit and and said maybe i I should watch something else before getting into descent uh i I chose i chose not to uh-huh. Uh, participate in the conversation for a couple of reasons, but mm-hmm. chief amongst them being, I don't know the difference. So, so I was very, very, very tempted to do that, and I decided to. Do what? to there is one episode that would help for context. Oh, however, I see. it doesn't really stick with the theme that I'm going for. So, and if I if we start doing that, even that episode, there's some episodes before that that we should show you as well. Like TNG, it doesn't end. Yeah, by the time we get to season six and seven of TNG, there was a lot of wrapping up of loose ends and calling back to things that had been set up in previous series. So there, there can be a lot of that. But we will discuss specifically what that episode was or is. It'll become pretty clear throughout the episode. But you can appreciate this without knowing that stuff. 
Um, okay. I love how enigmatic that was. That well, was very... it was very because you weren't mentioning whatever episode yes. was being requested. <laughs> I don't requested. want to spoil anything. Yeah. Okay. okay. Even if I mention that episode, it will spoil something about this episode. Really? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like how much faith you have in my knowledge. <laughs> oh no! Of... It will just it just by one thing. So did you read Jonathan's? So we have like a group work. No, I didn't. For th- you didn't read Jonathan's message no. in the captain's no. pod chat. No, because okay, once good. once you guys start going, <laughs> I'm like I I don't know what's happening here. I don't have a reference. I don't I don't have skin oh, in the awesome. game. And mm-hmm. also, I think you said spoilers. Like, yeah, I did. You saying spoilers popped up in the chat, so I decided to avoid it entirely. Nice. Because I, I told Jonathan, like, what episode we're doing this week, which was my fault. Um, and he replied with, this is great. I love it when this, 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 and this happens. I'm like, spoilers! Spoilers! And he thought I was kidding. And he just, he, he just left the message up there. And I'm like, well, she's probably seen it, but I guess we'll find out. So I'm kind of, I'm glad that you're going in completely blind. Yeah, yeah. I have I have zero understanding. All I know is that the thumbnail shows Picard and LaForge. That's it. Oh, good. Man, that thumbnail. I keep forget it, forgetting that the thumbnails won't worry about spoiling it as well. So yes, Picard and Geordie are in this episode. <laughs> <Can't> <laughs> There's confirm. also appears to be the Enterprise behind them. Spoilers. Yes, Enterprise is also, <laughs> it's also said in space. That happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also see that it's the the last one listed for season six. Mm. So does that mean that they went a whole season before doing the second half? Yeah. Part 100%. two? Yeah. Okay. That's so, just rude. Yeah, right? So the cliffhangers back in the day were actual cliffhangers and you'd have to wait like a whole year to... Well, not she, a whole well, year, but you'd have to wait three months for it. You say that, but on a quick scan, in season six, mm. I'm seeing Chain of Command part one, part two, mm-hmm. Birthright, Part mm-hmm. one, part two, and uh-huh. then we have descent. Like they really uh-huh. got a little bit excited about they the part one, part two things. They're two part things, and birthright does not need to be a two parter. It's it's really bizarre because like the B plot to that they give up on and they resolve it in part one, and then part two is all about the A plot. It's like well then at least give it another B plot or something. <laughs> but they Ronald D Moore and Rick uh, it's mainly Ronald D Moore really really liked. Um, and Ira Stephen Bear really liked serialized storytelling, so they liked multiple parts. Um, so, like in Enterprise, they would have like six-part episodes and four-part episodes. But Gene Roddenberry wasn't really a fan of that serialized stuff. He wanted each episode to be its own contained story because when they're in syndication and they're on reruns, part two doesn't make sense if you just tune in and start watching part two. But they were like, screw it, people will be fine. Um, and so when Gene passed away, they lent way more into two parties than they ever had before. So yeah, that's why you see more in season six and seven. But that has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. So are you ready to descend into de- the descent? The descent, not the movie, the descent, but descent, the Star Trek episode. I suddenly have doubts, but yes. <laughs> Welcome to Ten Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched together. Most important question first, what would you like from the replicator, Ambassador? Ooh, Borg juice, please. Oh, you know, it's going to assimilate you from the inside out. Like, it will be the, don't swallow the seed of the apple because it will grow a tree inside you. That literally okay. happens when you get juiced by the Borg. All right, listen, now that you're calling it Borg seed, <laughs> I no longer want it. I want some Borg seed in me. God. Yeah, that's I guess I gross. want the uh, emotional sweat of data. I don't know. There 
was uh, nothing in this episode that was liquidy. You didn't have to be liquidy. It could be anything. I'm always thinking it's a drink. That's because I say it's a drink. <laughs> and I keep forgetting to update my intro. I changed it about 20 episodes ago. <laughs> but I keep forgetting you, to Captain. update my prep sheet. Thank you, Captain, yeah. for uh-huh. asking me to read your fucking mind. Yeah. Come on. It's been six seasons. We should be able, we should be at that point now. Well, then I want happy brownies. Good. There's no brownies in this episode. You need to pick. Anyway, I <laughs> I, I want I want Law's black outfit that he has at the end. To like eat? The... No, it doesn't have to be edible or drinkable. What <laughs> is the show? What is happening right now? Having... This is a staple of the show is yeah. that we have something from the replicator to apparently eat or drink no. and now it's anything? Yeah, there, there was a time when... We we just replicated anything because I ran out of drinks. Do you want to go back to drinks? Has that really stressed you out? No, you do whatever you want, Captain. Whatever you want. I would like. I would. I would like. I would like the outfit. The outfit. The law. Yeah. War with the chest plates right. and whatnot. That's done then. Thank you. That's done. So this week we are talking, hopefully, about season six, episode twenty-six of Star Trek: The Next Generation, Descent Part One. The Enterprise responds to a distress signal, and a strange ship is in orbit. Upon which, on the planet, they discover a group of Borg who are acting very, very, very strangely and calling themselves "I" and names and such. Uh, upon further investigation. We discover that this Borg ship is roaming throughout the galaxy and Data is experiencing emotions, but can he experience anything other than anger? The crew pursue the Borg to find them on a planet in a secret structure. What is happening and why has Commander Data gone rogue? Ambassador, thoughts and feelings on the episode? Well, I wanted to tell you that I wrote I wrote a little introduction too. Oh, Nice. Were you waiting for me to screw up so you could dive in? No, no, no. Yours was fine. I just wanted to like... Fine. Uh, now, I wrote this halfway through, so admittedly <laughs> it kind of stops. The best synopsises are the ones that don't know the whole episode. Doesn't really I get to the end, the end at all. Yet. Yeah. But I feel like it... Can I... This episode is revisiting a huge moment for Picard and his decision to release Hugh back to the Borg and the moral mm. choice and its consequences. Tensions are high in the sector of space, with Borg having an ability to make wormholes or something. Meanwhile, uh, Data has experienced an emotion, and the reality of what that emotion may be is possibly the biggest concern of them all, especially if he's trying to find some sort of kink where he likes to be in mortal danger to feel anything. Sometimes I wish I could live stream my thoughts, because (laughs) like that second from end sentence, I was just thinking... Man, this is a really concise plot summary. This is great. And immediately you then said kink. And I was like, ah, for fuck's sake, she was so close. Hey, he's so close. Obviously. Yeah, he's getting struggling. Mm-hmm. He's going on the holodeck and getting experiencing some stuff. Um, um, overall thoughts and feelings on this one. Mm. Okay. You know, I think sometimes I want to think that I'm a unique consumer, but then I watch episodes like this and I realize I'm not. <laughs> you just like the action and shit. I just, I'm just like, why are you fucking with my people? Where's just my happy little episode? Uh, why do we have uh-huh. to have the drama llama come along, mm-hmm. or the Borg or whatever word I can't think of that I didn't make up earlier cleverly before we started recording the podcast? Mm-hmm. But I didn't mind this episode. Um, okay. but it was concerning. This is this is a serious episode. This episode isn't like having fun no. at all. There's no, no there's no joy. 
there's no you know and, and even like the techno babble that's happening as they're trying to figure out various things like the borg's ability to zip around space or whatever even that stuff is hard to get into and, and get excited about because you're just like okay i'm listening to what you're saying and it's very very important but we are on like a time crunch from mm-hmm. pretty much the beginning and there's even false they've even wrapped in false tension into this too like there's a ship that was going to appear at one point in time and picard gets pissed about it it's just like somebody give them a debrief <laughs> That's Tell them to follow protocol, so god damn it. Somebody send them the ship recogni- recognition protocols and tell them to fucking read it. That's yeah. so brutal. Like, he was like, he's like, this is serious. Yeah. <laughs> so like even that is false tension because they were like, red alert. So there's so many red alerts and we're going to battle. And then there's like away teams being deployed for military activity and splitting up. And there's, you know reasons that they can't scan planets and so they're just putting us in a very uncomfortable scenario mm. and they've they're fucking with data they are fucking with data they really are and i don't like that no. i don't i don't like that one bit and that's why i think i am just the boring consumer that wants my little playthings where i like them so that i feel my happy feelings from my brain like this episode did not release happy dopamine into Danae's Star Trek brain. This mm-hmm. one was like, here is some additional stress for your day. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's so sorry. That's okay. And, it's okay because we're watching it and there's going to uh-huh. be a resolution next season or whatever. For sure. It's not that I, it's bad. It's it's interesting. Like what they're doing is yeah. interesting. Um, but it's just like, uh oh, uh oh, what do I what do I like about this one? Uh Deanna Troy, it looks beautiful. Um, always. Beverly mm-hmm. looks beautiful. Um, I think Will has a pinch in his neck because he kind of always is like leaning to the left just a little bit. So I'm a little concerned. Maybe oh, he interesting. needs it. Just like he, that was a little distracting. How you're always watching people's posture. Oh, I things. cannot. Yeah, <laughs> I can't help it. Like, what we'll do you watch- think when he does <laughs> <But> his lean? <laughs> and you're just like, this is a bad posture thing, Riker. You should not be leaning on the chair because he don't- always does his like. I don't mind leaning Easily. in, like when you're sitting, like but when you're standing up and your head's like constantly cocked up and like you know your shoulders glued to your ear. I notice those those things. I also notice when the away team is on the ground and the men are wearing comfortable flat black shoes and the women are wearing high heeled sort of shoes. While searching the planet of a forest, um, yeah. <laughs> but I will request you hold your sins for this instance. <sighs> That is a really, really interesting point because I am very aware that TNG is your happy place and it is your like kind of relaxing. Let's just put Star Trek on and like relax with my friends and hang out with my people. And I picked a very not friendly episode where it's just like, why is Dana being mean? Why does he want to kill Jordy? And why is everyone stressed? Why is Ugh. Picard being talked down to by an admiral? Why is Picard losing his temple with Riker? Like, everyone is so on edge. It's a big old anxiety episode. And I kind of like that. I love when TNG gets a little bit dark because I know you can always go back and do the happy episodes. But this one is a dark episode. Like, they took some big swings, both with the Borg and with Data. Oh, without yeah. Without giving you any context for what's going on. No, and I think that this does a thing that's a little uncomfortable when you're used to. So, you know, like humans, like patterns. Uh, it's just part of what we enjoy. It's why and TNG is so successful. It fits a pattern. We're breaking the pattern by putting the resolution 
later. And and this one's really tense. It's not like it's a will they, won't they tense thing. It's like, I'm sorry, did you just <laughs> unite data with lore to take over the Federation? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what what did did I just hear that correctly? The sons of Soong have joined together. And also, before we go on, in the category of did I hear that correctly, I was uh, distracted by my chocolate bar for one part of this episode. Um, uh-huh. I, w- I had to like really get into the chocolate bar to like get my next piece out or whatever. Uh-huh. Makes sense. And yep, so yep, I yep. was kind of like looking down and I was distracted. Okay. And mm. so my note coming back up into the show, like what I missed, <laughs> I wrote down this. I'm sorry. I spaced out for a split second. Did did Data just say he subjected himself to erotic imagery <laughs> to see if he could feel other emotions? Like, did yep. I, okay, nope, that happened. Yeah, that happened. So, so this episode's not just like pushing the boundaries of of oh, taking our beloved characters and putting them on the enemy territory and bringing yep. in the Borg who are evolving and reminding Picard about potentially a massive mistake with Hugh. Mm-hmm. But we're also just going to talk about erotic imagery. And I just now have this yeah, vision data of porn. Data just sitting there for however long, just trying to watch porn. And then like in the following scene, I think is when he's checking his kink out in <sighs> in the holodeck. I, I mean, don't know. The other interesting thing is that Data is fully functional. So he all of his parts work and do what you would expect them to do. So I'm just like, does it get a reaction just out of programming like yeah what if geordie had walked in on that right like uh-huh. maybe he did that in his private quarters i would assume because mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. imagery not like interaction with it was still it's it was a very interesting episode yeah. the browser history is getting corrupted for sure correct um i think my my, my, my big question was this one so in the intro we talk about um Somebody on Twitter mentioned that there's an episode before this that you should watch, and that is obviously referencing um, iBorg, which is where we meet Hugh. Now, did you feel super out of the loop, or did the episode do a good job of filling you in, plus your knowledge of Hugh from Picard? Right. So thanks to us starting off this podcast series with Picard, um, we got to have those conversations when Hugh appears in that series. And so I remembered those conversations. Um, but then, yes, they drop in some exposition delivered by, was it an admiral? Admiral Nechev, yeah. Yeah, so she comes in and pretty much lays out not only what happened with Hugh, so for those that didn't remember or didn't see that particular episode, they're not completely in the dark, but also really just hit home that Picard, you know, potentially really messed up by not seeing it as an opportunity to ruin the Borg. So, so that was that was good. I think that I think the episode did a good job of explaining what's going on. However, had I not had the previous knowledge of Hugh from watching Picard mm-hmm. with you, I think there's so much happening in this episode. It might have been one to just take in little chunks. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't like know. I kind of pause a lot and happened. then explain. Pause and yeah. then explain. Okay. Yeah. Like let's absorb that scene. Okay, let's absorb that scene. I knew that you'd watched Picard and we talked about Hugh before and he wouldn't be completely alien to you. Um, that's why I wasn't too worried about having yeah. not covered iBorg. Um, but super briefly, they find a damaged Borg ship. They rescue Hugh. Um, they decide that this is the first time that they've managed to have a Borg on its own. 
and um, Picard demands Geordi creates a program that can be put inside the Borg, which will basically be a computer virus that wipes out the collective. And because the Borg are all one mind, it will spread throughout the entire collective and kill them all. Um, Geordi and Data eventually get to know Hugh and like him, and he turns into an individual. And then Picard meets him and is just like, well, now I feel guilty and I feel emotions and decides against doing it, but still reintroduces you to um and yeah, Nachev is all pissed off that he didn't wipe out an entire species, but I will cover that in this instance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think like the things that are positive about this episode is and I thought about this is like a sin maybe, but uh, also not. This this reminds me um that the Enterprise, even though it's like an exploration ship, is also a battleship. Uh, mm, it's ready to fuck. And there's lots of people on board, including families, and they've made a decision to be on this ship, even the though flagship. Uh-huh. it might it is a strange choice. get bad, you know, but that's uh-huh. like their choice. It's not like they're forced to, to have a family. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> no one was forcing them to have babies. That's right. That's on the record. So this episode kind of um, instead of being like on the exploration side, it's definitely more in the uh, danger side and even though this is a more serious episode and you know I kind of just don't fuck with my crew it is fun to see them in serious mode because you do have to have the dynamic and the range and this is the episode that's like for me reminding me about that range of seriousness and there's a lot of serious stuff happening and I kind of liked seeing them get to act in that range too it's not all Mm -hmm. just you know like weird interactions with alien creatures that they're going to have sex with like we saw recently because we watched a lot of tng while i was on vacation Mm -hmm. Uh, and i got to see Riker in some very interesting clothing Um, yeah you did (laughs) hairy nipples everywhere hairy nipples everywhere i don't mind hairy nipples it was beautiful to behold um Mm -hmm. but this is like oh we're you know we're getting serious now and there's like this tender kind of moment between beverly and picard when she becomes captain and they're like He's like, good luck. And they're sort of smiling to each other in this really, I don't know. It seems meaningful to me. Just kiss each other goodbye, goddammit. Like, it's, it happens in so many scenes. They never hooked up, right? I'm not going to say, there's an episode we need to watch. Um, Oh, no. (laughs) It's a really, really good one. Is it like Um, an official one for the show? Or is it like one that we watch on the side because it's not a big deal? (laughs) (laughs) This is one if you're trying to test if you can get stimulated on the holiday. Oh, Jesus. That's the one. (laughs) Different actors, different title, different production. It looks very, very different. Um, Yes, (laughs) it's the next XX generation. (laughs) (laughs) The X generation. Yeah, that's the one. I didn't um, mind it. I didn't mind it. There are certainly some stuff that, um, like, eh, whatever. But but it was. I it, think it was good. Your, I think your opinion is actually pretty representative of the the. the roughly, I'm going to speak on behalf of all Star Trek fans of the of course, Star Trek fan base, roughly in general. The it's kind of a bit of a cop out season cliffhanger because hmm. oh great we're going to bring out the Borg again and by this point it's going to I mean wait till you get to Voyager but. At this point, it's kind of like an easy go-to to end the series. Um, the reason I defend it and like it is because it brings the Borg in with a mission. Like, they're very different. Like, this is... Yeah, they've evolved or something. Yeah, this is a very different type of Borg that we're looking at. It's not the the usual. And to tie that in with 
the only other like cybernetic organism that we know of that lives data is really really cool i love that and then to team that up with law as well yeah for me i'm like if this episode hadn't happened i would forever be like man wouldn't it be cool if law teamed up with the borg and it gave it to us like we've we've got it and we have a whole nother episode to go um it's really and then just wondering what law would do with them and stuff for me combine that with data tackling emotions and i think it just comes at this from a really really good angle yes it's missing the humor it's missing the whimsy the fun the hopefulness yeah this is very much a region of getting into like deep space nine and a real more serious quote-unquote realistic era of star trek where this is what the future would most likely look like perhaps not the utopia that we've been seeing a lot of so far so i kind it's of it for going a, a darker region but i get why it's uncomfortable in the context of tng i completely agree with you because there's some things that's really interesting truly to see like data's first emotion that he experiences is this sort of triggered anger my mm. theory there i've got a lot of theories after watching this episode because it happens when he's trying to protect himself and his crew so it's either triggered by protection or maybe something is just weird because he's on in proximity to the Borg. We'll see. Um, but like he has this this natural occurrence because he doesn't have the emotion chip. He has a natural mm-hmm. occurrence happen and he's trying to figure out what that looks like. And that is really, really interesting. And for him to explore that he had pleasure in it or he liked yeah, it, that's, that's terrifying. Uh-huh. But But, you know, he's trying to figure out how to create these synapses you know in his programming to explain this thing that he is trying to wrestle with defining him and don't we do that too you know sometimes uh-huh. we come across something and it's like man that that felt really really good but i hurt somebody so what is that mm-hmm. like it felt good because i defended myself it felt good because i made a boundary but i couldn't make everybody happy and what does that mean mm-hmm. and am i a menace or am i is there a moral, am I morally off here? And he's kind of like, we're watching Data go through that. But when he crosses that line where he's like, yeah, I'd totally kill my buddy to feel that again. It's like, okay, it's time for you to go. <laughs> okay. That's the really serious part. When he's oh. like, there's something wrong here. Except, yes, I would kill Geordie so I could feel again. I'm like, okay, we've strayed from philosophical into what is going on. Super glad that you're going on the shuttle great I like, yeah. he, you know but but it kind of swung for me in this thing where like of course i love data and mm. when he was defending against the borg which mm. okay yes you're right the borg are probably used but that's more than i remember because i've i've not like i'm not watching tng episode to episode all the way through and maybe seeing how densely it's you know populated in their series like to me it's more Mm. of a peppering of borg and so Mm -hmm. when they showed up in this episode i was like Mm. yeah Yeah, because there's such a terrifying foe (laughs) like i mean in tng there are only one two three four five six episodes with the borg and two of them are two-parters so they are very sparing, sparingly used in TNG, but it is weird to do them for another cliffhanger. But I get it because, like, they're the coolest enemy problem. that they came up with, and it's a different variant. This is a different of the Borg problem. As well. Yeah, this yeah. isn't like the Borg Collective. This is the Borg lore offshoot, potentially with yeah. Hugh in there, and it's a mystery, and that's yeah, different. And did they create it? Did Picard create this offshoot this, of the right? Borg? It's, right. It's a great question, and I love like you've got. I, do, I always love when Picard comes back in touch with the Borg because 
his shields go up so yeah. so strong and he is so serious super big and deal he immediately taps into this knowledge that is still in his brain and is still there from being assimilated and he overlayered on top of that is the his most recent example to pull from is him showing compassion to the borg so he's like man these people took everything from me yeah and i still showed them compassion and now that's come back to bite me like it's if anything, I would love more time with Picard wrestling with that. But yeah. Picard, um, TNG is very efficient with its time. And yeah. we get the, the conversation between him and Riker where mm-hmm. he snaps at Riker. And did you see like Riker's eyes just get so big, like a little puppy that got told <laughs> off? And Picard's immediately just like, I'm sorry. I'm like, that apology always gets me because it's very rare to hear Picard apologize for something and it just it kind of just shows that the borg are his big blind spot like he is out of control when it comes to borg well to kind of like tie that together with what i was saying a moment ago too there's like a there's a swing in so even though this is it's it's all in a serious category but there's like a swing in emotion like he gets really emotional and then he apologizes for it Mm -hmm. and with data it's like for me he swung from being this badass battling the borg like he's the MVP. He's fucking them yeah. up. Like and it's he like is oh, just that's so choking cool. them out. And then it then it like tips back over into the <laughs> dokey. It's a little all right. It's not just like it goes into exploration at the end of the episode where he's talking to the Borg. Um, but even in that moment, you see him going, "Stop it! Stop it! Stop it!" It's just this mm. really intensity. And as he tries to recreate the intensity, like it, that's just not something that we get to see very yeah. often. Is data specifically trying to recreate an emotion that's that's especially like a pissy one like a a one that he knows is really dangerous that turns him into like a murder robot Um, it feels it feels like this episode does so many big things that you miss the importance of it because it's just going to the next thing so quickly even though it's a two-parter like like you said with picard but exploring that would be really interesting and then here data's exploring what he's experiencing and but the problem is still that the borg are out there and what are they doing and so we have to stay like on their trail and then before mm-hmm. we know it data's in a shuttlecraft and then we got to go find data so it doesn't really yeah. it doesn't really stop you don't get to you very quickly forget that fucking dr hawking opens up <laughs> this episode i get that's the only whimsy you know? that we get isn't it um <laughs> I, I have more to say on that that is definitely in resistance. And it, it, it's, it is just that the, this episode puts the concept above the show more than anything. It has, a, it has story beats that it wants to get through. It has reveals that it's very, very proud of. And it puts that above TNG and above the show itself. It's, mm. it, it is an episode that feels very odd in the warm TNG blanket. But that opening is, is an all-timer opening. And Stephen Hawking is on um, record as saying like that's one of his crowning achievements is being in a Star Trek episode and it's it's just brilliant like of course Data would do that he'd have a poker match with the most intelligent people that are on record and of course Isaac Newton doesn't want to be there he's just being pissy um it's it's so so funny I love that open yeah the open was fun it's also fun to you know like uh, to have Dr. Hawking as like a guest um and to think that all of the people that are in that room on that set want to be freaking out that they're they're in his presence Uh but they have to act so they have to get into character 
Right. So now they're in while, character. <laughs> yeah. While he's freaking out about being on the holodeck and he got like a big set tour of the bridge and the whole ship, like he's freaking out as much as anyone else to be there. So just what a lovely overlap of nerddoms. It's, yeah. it's so beautiful. And it's like amazing. when he lays down his cards in yeah. like the props department's like okay oh. we gotta do this thing and like they Let's make this like wrong again now but i love <laughs> that so much so yeah good yeah that was a um, that's you're right that's like the so it kicks off that and you're like do 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 oh musical. shit yeah, let's go. Fuck the rest the of it's just big like um, what the fuck but i i do love how brutal the borg are in this episode and like Riker sums it up it's like fighting the klingons um <laughs> and it's one no of offense. my favorite lines like, no, no offense, offense. But it's Worf's reaction that gets me the most when he's just like, none taken. He may as well be saying, you're damn fucking right, they were Klingons. Yeah, they were brutal. Like, that's my boys. That's how Klingons fight, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> if I have any major concerns about this episode, it's that, like, what they're going to do in t- to resolve it. Um, mm. I think that we can very easily make some assumptions because they gave us, um, like, the positron network wipeout thing they already talked about it in this episode so i think like mm-hmm. okay they have an option they've already talked about it but there's going to be a break so we'll forget about it before the next one comes kind of a thing <laughs> an entire um, three month break Let's, yeah uh-huh. <laughs> but um yeah there's just a lot that i i'm like oh i hope that they don't just scoot it along really quickly i hope mm. that they give well, it we are going to do depth, a prediction section so. so we'll we'll face your fears and possible predictions at the at the end of the episode okay. and see i will try and put on a good poker face and and not reveal whether your fears concern me about next week's episode okay i'll, I'll disappear from from the computer for that okay uh yeah because whenever <laughs> i mentioned because i i predicted that it was lore during yeah. this episode and you don't have a great poker face, just so you well, know. Well, because you call me off. <laughs> they don't say it. <laughs> you're just like, it is, is Law the one? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> However, along with the theme, it kind of, I was almost like wanting to talk about it in the intro. Just because it was maybe perhaps kind of obvious. But then I thought the Borg would kind of throw you off because he's only in like the last couple seconds. But yes, some good deductions. This is the, the, the law arc, which is, yeah, it's 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 a good way to, to bring him back is what's law been doing for the last two years? Been fucking I, with the Borg. I do want to say before we get into the resistance part two uh, of the sh- part of the show, um, mm. this one also introduced space subspace distortion wormhole creation right Mm. is this the first time this has appeared because they all seem kind of confused by it but pretty much we have like creating little wormholes to get around and i remember you telling me that the borg have this technology so is this Uh the first time that that we're introduced to it Mm -hmm. so this is the introduction of the borg transwarp conduits and transwarp conduits this is elaborated way way more upon in voyager because they they're obviously they're sent to the delta quadrant and that's the home of the borg um so they interact with these conduits a lot more but this is the origin of how the borg get around and why their ships are able to move so much faster why they're able to appear out of nowhere and and how they kind of dominate um so yeah i don't know whether they i'm sure they meant to but they didn't just it wasn't just thrown out there and forgotten like people ran with this the voyager team ran with it and um developed it into kind of the borg that we know now hmm. um 
and the the reason that I think they are they they are they no they're definitely mentioned in Picard because at the end of season one that's how they escape um the artifact the Borg ship in Romulan space um and then they get to the final planet and then the Borg ship comes out of it as well and gets eaten by the plants and whatnot so um yeah it's pretty this is this is the origin I kind of forgot that until I watched the episode yeah it, I only assume that because of the way that the crew was interacting with the data it wasn't like oh this is what they've been doing it's like they're figuring it out and then they also enter into one of them themselves uh so mm. and they end up like what 16 light years away or something yeah or 60 in like a matter some, of seconds yeah now the squiffy thing is is that man they just don't use them ever again like geordie manages to hack into this one so quickly nope you don't see them do that again really not until like picard and very very rarely in voyager and it takes a lot a lot of effort and geordie's just like scanning some frequencies oh i found my favorite station let's go how did you feel when you saw the borg acting differently so because you were just like Mm. when the first borg is like that that he killed tarsus or whatever it is and they're, they're referring to themselves by names and I and you're like, whoa, what the fuck? It's really yeah. fun. Yeah, it was really fun because my first assumption about Borg is, you know, the collective. So when they're like gathering data, when we first see them, we're on the substation um, and they're kind of like scanning around and they're saying there's the Klingon, here's the human, here's the mm. android. And then they scan him and learn his name somehow. And I don't know if that's because of lore. Maybe lore gave them that information or something, but it was kind of confused. I was, I was confused, Mm -hmm. but they're building a mystery. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's a song by Sarah McLaughlin. Yes. So now I'm singing that in my head. (laughs) We'll pause while, um, Tiana. Yeah. I'm going to change my name to Danae Troy. I'm just going to do it. No, no, it's going to completely screw me up. Deanna, 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 Troy. Deanna, Troy. (laughs) <laughs> DNA Troy. DNA Troy. That, it kind of works. It kind of oh works. It kind of works. It was amazing. No, but, I um, loved it. I loved that they were different. And because I knew about Hugh, I mm. I wrote down in my notes like, oh, I think this, you know, this is a Hugh thing. Yeah. Um, but it was alarming because one of the things that they said at the very beginning was, uh, "You've killed my friend, and now I want to make mm. you suffer." I was like, "No, no, uh-huh. no, no, no! You don't usually talk like that. You usually no, like no. must assimilate." Blah, blah, blah. You know, like you it, don't really care. Yeah, yeah, it turned him into these um, tactile, very precise and intentional beings that are mm-hmm. super powerful and uh, with guns on their arms as well. With now. Guns, yeah. <laughs> pew pews. And also, like, just really interested. The, the whole scene with Data at the end where he's talking to this Borg and the Borg is essentially saying, well, don't you want to have emotion? And then, mm. you know, Data ends up escaping through the shuttle bay and all that stuff and leaving. But they're really highly intelligent or he is really highly intelligent with the the amount of mental fuckery he was doing with data mm-hmm. so yeah it was alarming they're very alarming to me um, so did you like that scene overall with croesus um trying to tap into data or was your kind of sin brain going off of, my sin like, brain was going alive? off yeah. yeah yeah my sin brain was going off it was a little distracting and i also again i don't quite understand the motivation behind this croesus character like mm. ha is the mission to retrieve data somehow because there was something that was said about isn't it interesting somebody on the bridge said isn't it interesting that wherever is being attacked that the enterprise is the one that responds Mm. 
So it does seem that there's a trap being set for our enterprise crew specifically. Mm -hmm. So if the goal is to retrieve data, maybe that's why this particular Borg is like, I'm going to find a hook and just latch in on it. But I couldn't tell. It was a little confusing. And again, I glanced away for a split second. If like there was just kind of this moment where data sort of shifts from being very logical into maybe feeling something again. Mm. And that's where I'm like, are they, they fucking with his like well, did you system notice somehow? That and the he, music started. And so I was like, Did you notice what? that the Borg poked his arm and yes. turned something on? Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Cool. I, it's predictions, people. <laughs> well, that's one of the predictions I wrote down is I think that they're doing something. There's something that's happening with his that's interfering with his ability to resist some kind of programming or his ability to have, because, you know, Lore has two emotion chips in him at this point, right? Mm -hmm. Or he has yeah. his existing well, programming plus the exactly. data chip. Plus the extra chip. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So he's so, got all of the emotions. So something's going on. They, they mm -hmm. fucking with him somehow. And, you know, I think I, I, I'll, I'll write that down. <clears throat> For me, like the really conversational Borg drone is so scary to me. Like, cause like he's so eloquent. He clearly has a mission. And I'm just like, oh, the Borg are dangerous. Like, usually when you get a Borg on their own, they're fine. Like, where well, it's not fine. Like, one drone can do a lot of damage, but you can you can probably manage it. But when they start talking and start making sense, oh, 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 spooky, spooky, spooky. Um, I think that kind of goes through everything. Mm, yeah, I think that covers that, it all. Um, uh, except for we did get to go down to a planet, and it is kind of fun to see our, our crew, you know, walking around in nature. Yeah. I, I, I imagine the moment, you know, they scouted out this hill and uh, mm -hmm. they're like, OK, we're mm -hmm. going to get the we're going to get the filming crew on the top of the hill. So we can see you coming up the hill. And and then someone says, you know, action. And then they make these wonderful people just climb up. God knows what <laughs> for a <laughs> shot while making Deanna Troy do it in heels. But think about all the people that have to carry the, the camera work, the cameras and stuff. It's like like Bear Grylls. Like, imagine he's doing all of this stuff in They're nature. in tennis shoes. But my my last big thing was um, just how Brent Spiner is always acting. He's one of the few people that always has to be acting. So what made this spring into my mind is when Data and Geordi are talking about um, Data's experience with anger and emotions and whatnot. And Geordi is just like, Sat casually on the the edge of the the control count the control console. Stop sitting on consoles, by the way. Stop leaning on buttons. Um, but data is like bolt up for firm, like stiff, and that's how he always has to be. He always has to be thinking. How would a robot be standing right now? How would a robot be reacting? And he does his like little head twitches whenever Geordie like makes a point. He's always processing. Brent Spiner doesn't get to so switch good. off. Like no. he is always physically in character, and it's. I feel like he has a metal chest, but it's not. It's just him. He's, he's just, just he's rigid. so, so, so good. He is so good. He's so good that after he experiences emotion and he uh, relinquished himself of duty, mm. he's in engineering, hanging out mm -hmm. with Jordy, yeah. doing some scans and stuff. And there's this moment back and forth between them, uh, which is in my resistance, but I'll get to why in a second. Mm -hmm. But he stands up as Jordy starts is talking about what he's talking about, he's kind of looming in the background. And mm. I know that it's important to be in the shot. So the actors <laughs> are thinking like, get close so that I'm on yeah. frame. But because Framing. data is like processing his enjoyment of murder. Um, I was on edge 
in that moment i was like oh, <laughs> oh my you god thought, like data was gonna snap his neck or something yeah or something and then and then later he's like yeah i'd super kill my friend and i'm just like holy <laughs> shit it almost happened in engineering <laughs> get this man away from the people that we love quick um yeah yeah just again uh, it's data another example of him being a really dangerous thing to have <laughs> on board yeah, of course you he know is. of course he is um i have a couple of little like interesting tidbits um so I don't, have you seen the gif where it's the whole bridge crew um of the on the on the bridge of the enterprise the tng crew and they've usually got like party hats on or they're doing some dance and they're like rocking backwards and forwards and they're yes. all, it's usually set to some music or something like that that yes. comes from this episode so when they're they're in the, i don't remember the, that part when they're in the warp, the trans warp tunnel at the very end of the episode you can see like data doing this aggressive dance backwards and forwards and that's that's where this is the episode the gift comes from oh, so I'll, I'll send you that gift later and oh my god <laughs> you'll be like, this is it this is the one that's amazing but it really looks like data is being like a dj at a really intense rave and he's like mm-hmm. super mm-hmm. duper focused mm-hmm. and, doing the mm-hmm. and, and i love it. the guy in the background who's like holding two walls yeah. At 1.2, he's like, what? I don't know which way I'm supposed to be rocking, but so I'm my favorite thing is when somebody rocks the wrong way to the, to the, to the rest of the crew. They're like, damn it, Kevin, we got to do that take again. So there was this day when we were traveling uh, through Europe mm. and uh, Ian surprised my friend Jen and I and took us to this restaurant mm. where we got to eat inside of a train car. Yeah, like an old school Victorian yeah. Murder on the Orient Express kind of yeah. train car. But but you don't the the restaurant doesn't like boast that from the front. So you walk in, it nope. looks like a totally normal restaurant, and then you walk up this little mini flight of stairs, and I'm like, oh okay, I guess we're going to the upper floor. And then all of a sudden, you turn a corner, and you're just in a train car. Yeah. And we're like, what's happening? It's really it cool. Really really cool wood panels, and just it was just like super authentic. Anyway, my so Jen and I are like, we're gonna pretend to be like rocking back and forth. <laughs> And yeah. so we had to get into this rhythm together where we're just like bouncing and like we're clinking our little things, you know? I'm just there and- eating dinner, just like I'm not with these people. <laughs> Whatever, you loved Stop it. Stop pretending so you're on a train. We're like, you know, like ting, you know, and we had to get it right because it was like she was off. So we had to get you, you into the great. rhythm for a minute. Uh-huh. I just, can you imagine that that's your job? You know, when you yeah. go in and act, you're like, well, and we're one, two, three, and four, Let's five, go. six, four, and left. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> so yeah. the, 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 the set was actually on hydraulics, so it did move about. It did help them assist with that turbulence effect, but they still would have to get the timing right. And it just proves again, Worf should have a chair. That man should not be standing at all times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One other little thing that I liked is that the uh, the ship no, ad, the ship that Admiral Necheyev is going to be um, commanding is the USS Gorkon. Um, and I only mention it because you would know Gorkon from the Undiscovered Country, which is the episode that we reviewed with Jeremy. Oh. And Gorkon is the Klingon Chancellor that gets uh, murdered at the beginning of that and causes the whole the whole shenanigans that happen and that only came out two years before this episode so it's just it's something i wouldn't have noticed but only because i'm watching them quite close together is how quickly tng was like self-referencing things so this would have been 80 years apart in star trek but two years apart in the real world so i can imagine people at home be like yay the gorkon i saw the undiscovered country yay 
And it's just a weird thought that the original series was still making movies while TNG was on the air. Like that's that's that must have been so strange at the time. Yeah. That's really interesting. To have that overlap. But it explains why they keep reusing the sets as well. I only have a couple other like really random notes. Like I the moment when Picard is trying to talk to the Borg, uh, Croesus. Mm. And he's like essentially like trying to talk to a computer or something. He's like, I am Lacutus of Borg and you will respond to my questions. And I'm yeah, just like, answer me, bitch. This is someone <laughs> really angry with a computer right now. <laughs> Do you know, like, yes. I am your owner. I paid thousands of dollars for you. You will reboot properly. <laughs> this is my password. I've put the exclamation mark in. I've put the capitals in. <laughs> Accept my password. Yesterday, my alt tab was not working on my computer. And so I'm like, you will reboot properly and you will have an appropriate use of the alt tab feature, which I use absolutely incessantly all day long. Exactly. <laughs> and here's, here's Picard doing the same thing. It's like, I am Locutus of Borg, which it's kind of like, yeah, but not really, you know? It's yeah, like, not anymore, you know? Just like, I'm not your average drone. But it's still funny. It's like he's trying to crack some kind of code. Like, maybe if I put in password 000, this will work. So I kind of enjoyed <laughs> yeah, that. That was kind of funny. Yeah. Oh, man. Don't get me started on technology. My remote isn't talking to my Samsung TV. And all of the troubleshooting online says, go to the menu and then fix this thing. I was like, I can't get to the fucking menu because my remote isn't working. Why do you think I'm here? I, I just want to make sure that you did the one thing that I know how to do first. Take the batteries out and put them back in again. No, new batteries. Oh, I d- did that. Yeah, I did that. Okay, I just wanted to make sure, you know, as part of your crew, I just want to help you, you know? Good. Yeah. It's computer, beam yeah. everything off the ship. I now just want to live <laughs> in a technology-less hole for uh, about five minutes and then I want it all back. With that, let's head over to Reese Instances Futile. Battle stations, everyone. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains and remind ourselves that no TV shows without sin, even our beloved Star Trek. 
go on today hit us with some some stuff that i know we covered quite a bit of it in the overall thoughts but give us did some we specifics. i did yeah. very oh. good this time oh she's got more because last episode i really couldn't control myself uh and i just sprinkled the sins in mm. and i i'm sorry these lore episodes are getting to you i guess um there was this one moment uh when they beam over to the first substation and they're trying to mm. figure out what happened. This is before we know the Borg are involved. And they're talking about how this station has been attacked and there's no survivors and they don't really know what's going on. And so they beam down and then Riker takes his phaser out. And I would just like to say that maybe that should be out before you go over mm-hmm. so that if there is someone there, you've already got your weapon in your hand. Oh, for sure. Just seems dumb the- to me get to the planet and then when well, no, sorry just in general whenever they say set phases to stun i'm always like well, what the fuck are they on now Already, are they on kill yeah. is stun not the default are they turned off like why would that ever need to be a thing that you say um yeah it's it's always very interesting no that's a it's a, it's a solid scene um i don't know did you feel like that like one of the, the the lines that Riker says is um this is brutal even for the Ferengi, because they match the power signature oh, to a Ferengi yes. weapon. Yeah. Like, what do you mean for the Ferengi? They're not known for being brutal, are they? Like, how should ruthless. I know? You're like, asking my opinion, and I appreciate that. But how would yeah. I know whether the Ferengi are like you know the I only Ferengi I... I really know is from Deep Space Nine? Quark. Yeah. Quark, I guess. Yeah. I will ask the live Twitch chat, which you can join us live on Twitch. Um, nice plug, <laughs> I'll, Captain. I'll ask the chat nice plug. The, I don't the Ferengi are like they're ruthless, but maybe I've seen too many of the whimsical DS9 episodes. I just I never imagined them being brutal. But anyway, that's a that's a very, very, very nitpicky one. That probably wouldn't make it into the episode if we were if we were actually. Uh, my actual one is that I'm really I don't it's overall, this is my biggest sin with the episode, is that it's following this follow the, the story and hit the story beats rather than be an episode of its own and it focuses on the reveals so so much so and then you have to kind of wonder well why is this stuff happening oh it's only because we need the reveal so the borg ship at the very very beginning if the end goal is to do whatever they're going to do with data why don't why aren't they just why don't they just attack the fucking enterprise and beam him over like there's no reason to conceal yourself other than we need a big reveal. So we want to open the door and we want to reveal a Borg and then go to the credits. We don't want this to be a Borg cube in orbit because we want to press the button, open the door and reveal the Borg. We don't want to mention lore in this episode because we want the big reveal at the end. Oh, it's data. No, it's not. That's not data. That's lore. And it's just, it falls into the trap of the the hook, the cliffhanger, the reveal being the thing that we're invested for. And luckily, I love TNG so much that I'll watch this episode and enjoy it regardless but it is always a little bit annoying when you depend on the hooks to be your your big thing that's driving the story like so much mystery can be distracting do you did you was it distracting for you as well i was just trying to follow along <laughs> <laughs> there's a I lot mean? of techno babble i mean yes i i see your point i think that uh but that was super fun for me like when the doors opened up and it was the borg i was like oh mm. shit yeah like that's but- fun it's really, really fun, and I love it. And I wouldn't want them to do it any differently, but it does. It so makes why are me you think, complaining about it because it, it makes me think like, well, why is that ship so different? Ah, uh, the only reason it's different is because we want the reveal behind the door. Like, there's no reason that they're in a different sized bulk ship. Were they in the ship? I thought they were on the 
the the Enterprise meets the Borg ship in orbit, but it's oh, yeah. all like weird and grey, and it, it's an I, odd. Shape. I just I assume that's because it's not actually like a Borg ship. It was like another ship they commandeered, like lore had gotten somehow. Yeah, but that's what I that's what I mean. Like the uh, only reason they've done that is to hide the identity. The only reason the writers have done that is to hide the identity of the Borg. So the 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 twist, the reveal for me is being you if, when you have to put so much effort into getting to the twist, it's distracting. I think the sin that we could go for if we were going to really try try to exploit something is that they had the quintessential green fire. Like when it's like oh they're Borg and then they fire and it's a green like weapon. I, I'm curious mm. how. I guess they borged the ship, didn't they? That's probably what they because basically we learned yeah. from Picard. I learned a lot watching Picard because of Borg. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't seen the Borg Queen do the Borg Queen stuff in Picard, mm. then you haven't seen shit. It's so fucking cool. Fucking good. So, so I guess good. they like best part of the season. Maybe two. connect into the ship and then like greenify the stuff or whatever. But they maybe if it was everything. A... Okay. They, okay. They... Okay. Like they assimilate um, biological aliens and organisms, they do the same with technology. They're, that makes sense. They're okay. nanoprobes just reprogram all right, all right, everything. All right. I see your which point. Is why I that point. shouldn't be anywhere near these. God, that's a really <laughs> complex sin. Like, like I get what you're saying. Like, my next mm-hmm. sin was going to be when Data is like, stop it, stop it, stop it. It was going to be like me talking to my dogs. That was... Yes. <laughs> a nice I was having sin. triggers to be... Or, or even just like me having to talk to to my kid you know when she's mm-hmm. just like stop it quit stop it. it stop it stop it stop copying it was a little me. triggering there yeah no i get that so i had um, a silly sin lined up and you're like let's talk about serious. the depth of the reveal <laughs> i think it doesn't it's one of those sins where like this doesn't stop me enjoying it but it's pretty obvious you're going to a lot of effort to get your big oh no there's a borg behind the door reveal and it, it's one of those annoying sins where i don't we don't want we would never want them to stop doing this stuff but it is a crutch. It is something that we lean on to to get something out of the audience. Well, yeah. Um, and I'm I'm not being as artistic as I could be, perhaps. That's okay. But... That's okay. But if you had time to write the sin, you'd write it. Oh, it would be beautiful. Yeah. Of course it would. Yeah. Just like I know the words to White and Nerdy by Weird Al Yankovic. Because yeah, do. I don't have to do it right now. Um, One of the things I would sin is I really find it hard to believe that Data doesn't have the vocabulary to attempt to describe anger. Yep. This has it, always bugged me. It it led to a really great scene that I talked about earlier. You know, I didn't mm. mind the back and forth exchange with Jordy kind of doing the human angle of, well, anger is like, you know, this other emotion. And he mm-hmm. used emotions to just to describe Combative the emotion of anger. And, yeah. yeah. And I understand that that would be difficult to like reach for. But Data has the language of all. And I think that they missed an opportunity to try to give us the viewer a deeper look into specifically anger itself um mm. because it's an interesting emotion to have data experience uh very first you know anger um and it's a complicated emotion and so i, I would have loved for the writers to try to articulate that a little bit more especially coming out of the mouth of a character who can articulate very well. So mm-hmm. I found that kind of hard to believe. Yeah, because it's a very human perspective on anger because the Klingons would argue that anger is a positive emotion. And yeah. one of my favorite scenes is with Deanna where she's explaining that there aren't good and bad emotions. It's what you do with them. So if anger leads to righting a wrong or righting an injustice, then anger is a positive thing and it can motivate you. Um, and then it's just torn 
down when Data says that he experienced another emotion, which was pleasure. And the way that Deanna's face sinks, like, he should be disassembled right then. Your robot man just admitted to enjoying killing someone. You and need no to one is there off. to hear it. Turn him off. Turn him <laughs> off. Click his little button by his rib. Uh-huh, immediately. Just detach yeah. the head, burn it with fire. Like, he should not be roaming the ship after that admission. Like, Deanna, you fucked up. Well, and LaForge hears him struggle with the emotion and, like, the pleasure of it. And, like, you know, there's something going on here. Somebody else should know about it. We should have some kind of a protocol. Let's not leave our glitchy bot with the Borg. <laughs> right. I don't care if there's a force field between you. Uh, I don't know. Like, the force field is pretty pointless because it didn't stop that signal in his arm from doing whatever it's going to do, apparently. Yeah. Um. And my next sin with that was once again, Data is able to override everything. And I was sin so this from OP. two fronts because one, he's able to just free the Borg, get a shuttle, fuck off. Like he overrides, oh, deactivates the transporter beam, stops everything that he needs to do. And also we don't see it happen. And this comes back to my everything needs to be a twist and a reveal crutch because we want the re- the dramatic reveal of Worf saying, yeah, the Borg is on the shuttle and Commander Data. And like, yeah, we guessed. We know. So what you sacrificed there was a badass scene of Data escaping the Enterprise with the Borg and like deactivating stuff, knocking people out. You sacrificed that so that we could have the reveal of, oh, Data might be a bad guy. Like, And that's what I'm getting at with the reveals is that you, you're sacrificing some stuff to give us a <gasps> moment that I don't, doesn't, can be fun but doesn't hold the weight that i think some people think it is. i think you're right and that's why i will approve <laughs> this sin in the script that we're not actually Ding. writing nice what have you got next um i think i'd have a fun sin in this one because in this episode you know as data is like processing this emotion he wants to recreate this the scene and so this poor guy has to be choked out by data multiple times <laughs> And it is interesting to see, you know, and I'm sure once you get the actor all put in their prosthetics, it's like, how else can we use this person? They just spent 12 hours in prosthetics or whatever. <laughs> um, so, you know, we see the actual moment happen and then Data recreates it in the um, holodeck. And it's goes, his poor grunt. Like, ah! Every time he gets thrown against the wall. And you got this like, stop it, stop ah, it. Yeah. You know, like, so just... Imagine making these actors recreate this moment. But mm. Brent Spiner makes it interesting because you can see the difference in the two. The first one, he oh, was it's enraged. Genius. And I was like, oh my God, what is happening? And this one, he's back to being like himself. So stop it's just it, so it, well done. Stop it, throw. It's so yeah, good. It's, and it's how casual that throw is. He doesn't even like look where he's throwing. It's just stop it, stop it, stop it, discard. And then disappointment that he mm-hmm. did, which is an emotion, by the way. You are showing disappointment in the fact that you can't be angry because you can't prove emotions. Or stop confusion, maybe. I don't yeah. know. I love I how we know. turned that into a sin, then a good thing, and then back into a sin. We did we did well there. That we would have been it. a ding, reverse ding, ding. Ding, the ding, ding, love ding. It. Um, my next one is a pretty big one, and it's probably, it may be argumentative, but like so starfleet's okay with genocide now nachev is just like if you get the opportunity to wipe out a fucking species again just because we don't like them and they're trying to hurt us go ahead and do it like 
you would have to apply the same logic to the Klingons, to the Romulan. Just because they're stronger doesn't mean that you justify genocide. It's still wrong. <laughs> like, I don't know how that's okay. And Nechev is famous for being really combative with Picard. Like, it's one of the few arcs that carries throughout the show is that they will encounter each other on three or four different occasions. And Nechev is always like, I don't fucking like you, Picard. I don't like how you operate. You need to get back in your box and do as you're told. And so I love that from like a consistency point of view. But man, is that Starfleet policy now? Yep, it is. That doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. Uh, my another one for me is the since we're kind of a moment ago talking about the exchange with the Borg. I, I think that Beverly says this Borg is just not in great shape. I mean, I mm. can bring them back, but it's not going to be like healthy experience. Picard's like, do it. Yeah, then they leave. I mean, well, they try to interrogate them. They get frustrated. Like, whatever. I'm out. They leave. But then this, like, supposed I'm wounded Borg turns into this, like... <laughs> fully cognizant. Fully. Yeah, yeah. yeah and he goes, uh-huh. like, straight I'll into just, like, emotional terrorism mm-hmm. for our beloved Data. And I just think that that's some bullshit. Yeah. That revival should have been way riskier than it actually ended up being. But there we go. Mm-hmm. Yes, poor old Beverly. And also, Beverly just doesn't have a backbone in that moment. Like, we know she can argue, but because the plot needs this conversation to happen, she backs down and is just like, okay, I will potentially kill this creature because Picard is angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I forgot to put this in the good things, but I just, I love how I want to be more like Data sometimes. And it's when Geordie walks into the holodeck and is like, am I interrupting? And Data says, yes. Like, yes, should, I love like, that. The social construct is, oh, no, no, it's fine. I was wrapping up anyway. He's just like, no, you were interrupting, but it's I, okay. Continue. I, I kind of want that, that to be like our quote for the end of the show. Like, yes, you yes, would say, am I interrupting? I'd be like, yes. <laughs> yes. And it's but it's yes. okay. <laughs> and it's yes from me. Uh-huh. Amazing. Exactly. Um, so that was a good thing. That wasn't my sin, but I put it on column. <laughs> um, this is the first and only time that the holodeck will require two senior officers to deactivate the safety protocols because you know what? It's just too fun to turn them off. In Voyager, it's just any fucko can do it and just turn off the safeties because we need a danger episode. It's a genius idea. Yes, of course it should take two officers. Yes, they should be senior officers. It's such a dangerous tool that you're using. You shouldn't be able to just turn it onto kill mode. But, so yes, I'm sinning the rest of Star Trek for not keeping up with what was established in this episode. <laughs> and I think I would add like 798 sins, one for every episode of Star Trek that wasn't this one. <sighs> I don't really have a lot of others. There was like an easy pronoun game sin in here where there's one that's still alive. Uh, mm, is he was, the one? Are you yeah, the one? calling him the one. Yeah. His pronoun game. Uh, my so name hard. was given to me by the one and the one that who will destroy you. Like, so we could easily do like the classic cinema sins, like pronoun game sin there. And like, what the fuck does the Borg or law care that his identity is secret? Like, how is that going to affect the plans at all? Why? Like, they didn't, it's not going to keep data any separate. He's still going to be like seduced and stuff. It's. Yep. It's all pronoun gaming, and that's what I mean by the twists and reveals. So the the plot's yeah. suffering because you want to get to those reveals. I would also, I don't know. This one might be one that because of your knowledge, you would like you would reject. But there's this moment when they find the shuttle, and they're like, "Okay, we'll proceed at full impulse." And I'm like, "But if you really need to get there quickly, why not warp? Like, is that 
Is it because so, they were super close or something? Yeah, exactly. Oh, so okay. you can't really warp in your overshoot. So even like a fraction. So the the problem there is a huge, monumental, ginormous, incomprehensible jump in speed from impulse to warp. It's like even maximum impulse. I think is something like zero point one percent of the speed of light. And then warp is like just this huge jump. So you would be in a different solar system. So that's why impulse is good for like inside solar systems. And then warp is anything um, interstellar. So yeah, that, that's the, there's no in between. Gotcha. And that's why we all enjoy having a Trek nerd if you get at the helm. Super, the problem is if you get super, super close to the speed of light, but don't touch it, then you get time dilation and stuff. So impulse that's the safest that's the fastest they can go without it doing the time dilation stuff which is why they're such a big cool i love science um something that always made me laugh is the borg branding like they walk into the great hall and suddenly there's fucking flags and i know some of that is law but the borg now have a symbol and they have flags and shit and I'm like, but are they the borg the or are they borg something different department this is something different this is something different right no but the problem is that symbol is used by the borg everywhere so oh. they have a symbol they have a brand <laughs> like the fuck do they care about branding i didn't know <laughs> it's, I did so, not know if you that. T- if you google the borg symbol it will um it'll it'll be that it's so funny. Okay. Well. <laughs> yes. Borg right. Man. That's it for uh, me. I can keep going. I got some more. Um, there's oh, no shit. reason. There's no reason for Picard to leave the ship. We're gonna send everybody Again. down to the, uh, yeah. to the planet and leave the yeah. skeleton crew. No, you're who's not gonna wrong. be in charge? My favorite thing is when Geordi says like who's gonna be in charge of the ship, Picard looks at him as if he hadn't fucking thought of that. He's like, Yeah. Oh yeah, great question. Who's in charge of my ship? <laughs> <sighs> In my head, yeah, I was like, no Deanna Troy, Deanna Troy. Deanna and then Troy, she's Deanna like Troy. on the away team. Why no, is the empath going on the away team? No need. No need for Deanna to be on there Sorry. I thought we were going to go battle Borgs. Why yeah. is every person that doesn't know how to like. Yeah. Wh- we're looking for one of the very few people whose presence you can't sense. And yet we're sending you. Now, the answer will be revealed in um, <gasps> in part two for both those questions. But it is a sin for this episode. Sure. Yeah, for sure um so when we get to the end of the episode um they're doing all of the scanning they're in the main hall geordie reveals that there's no light signatures no energy signatures coming from the lights and picard is just like there's a dampening field we should leave you fucking knew that going in you couldn't scan the inside of the building you couldn't scan anything and you walked in if if like there being no like energy signatures is a warning that you should leave you never should have gone in or you should have radioed Riker or some shit we're going into a big fuck off building maybe we need backup no we're just gonna send the entire command crew in there minus Riker and just hope we're fine (sighs) I do really like this episode they just have a lot of plot MacGuffins in order to get us to part two I'm not Which used to seeing you this angry, really Captain. It's making me well, nervous. Because I know I love it. It's great. And I can put it to one side. I'm but it, somebody had a really, really great idea and were determined to make it happen. And they did, but they sacrificed some spin mine. Um, um, yeah, my very final one was, was just some of the Borg in the main hall just waiting in the corridor for them to realize they were trapped before they all came out. Like a surprise birthday party. On mass. Yeah. It was like, surprise! really? Like. How long were you waiting in the corridor? Because you didn't know they were coming. Like, were you there all day? Like, 
the 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 mechanics and the amount of effort it would have taken to set that up is just way too elaborate and pretty inefficient for robots but there we go mm-hmm. you may think i'm a potato for thinking the way that i think but that's my thought on descent are you ready going to predictions let's do it for um to wrap up the episode let's head to the captain's ready room Welcome to the Captain's Ready Room, where we will hear our predictions, and we won't be basking in any Q-like glory, but we will give her a solid pat on the back next week if she gets anything right. Danae, hit us some predictions for how you think next week's going to get resolved. I cheated because I mentioned many of them during the show. Just to hmm, succinctly fair. recap, though, mm-hmm. there was something about a positronic network mentioned in this episode, like that if they redid some sort of thing with a phaser, that they could, like make some sort of powerful weapon uh to find data but if they did that then it would wipe out his network yeah so this was a, this is a scanning field that scanning would activate field. his power cells and it would cause a reaction in his power cells that they could detect the beam would have to be so Strong. big and so powerful that it would wipe out his positronic network which i'm assuming they can bring back online no like it would fry it like it would burn oh. his circuits it would burn oh. him out yeah. Okay, well, I don't want to predict that he's going to be killed. So, <laughs> fuck. 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 There's a reason Shit. they didn't do that. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. Uh, We'll say no to that one then. Thank you for the clarification, Captain. <laughs> Take that one off the list. Um, I already mentioned that I thought that it was lore and that I was right. So, that's great. Good job for me. Yep. Nicely done. Congrats. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't really know. I, I think, like, well, and I, I noticed the Borg, you know, messing with the emotion stuff so i'm guessing that data is going to figure out that there is a way for him to feel emotions and then like this is going to be part of the arc of him trying to decide what kind of emotions he wants to experience because i do know that he eventually does experience emotions i think it has to do with the chip but i can't remember it's been way too long so maybe this is that i am curious how the borg thing is going to resolve if they are like part of hugh uh, like the, the the Hugh break off because in Picard, um, the show Picard, mm. there is you know he's like kind of part of this group of Borg that have been reclaimed essentially, and they're they're sort yeah. of going through this like becoming individuals, and that's mm-hmm. sort of Hugh's life work. So I am curious if they're just gonna wipe all these Borg out, uh, or what whatever. But the presence of this admiral sort of giving them options is interesting uh too so so i feel like they're trying to kind of reconnect with a decision that they made to allow picard's character mm, that's you know, interesting like they're, they're wrestling writing wise with that decision that they made and they're kind of bringing that back yeah, to the forefront, how do we make so. that okay yeah so this is kind of maybe going to be doing that a little bit um i'm also oh what if they use the positronic thing to wipe out lore mm, Ooh, is this the death of lore Ooh. Interesting. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious uh, about that. Like how he managed to take them, like over or considered. Like he obviously hasn't been assimilated by them in a way. No. Mm-hmm. So he has convinced them not to assimilate. I don't know how that works. Maybe he's offered his brother to be assimilated instead of himself. But there is this big thing to take over the Federation. Uh. So surprise. Surprise. Um. Which seems very limited. Honestly, there are a <laughs> lot of a little bit small expectations there. I mean, you can for aim Borg, higher it's, yeah, yeah. Borg yeah. are like everyone, and they're like, eh, just just the Federation. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't really have a ton of like insight in it. But you did mention Deanna Troy is inter- is there. 
So maybe it's because she can help with the Borg breaking away from lore. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Well, I um, very much look forward to part two. I think part two is better than part one. And okay. I think part one suffers because it's setting up so much for part two. But it, it has been a while since I've seen part two because I often have the intent of watching two parters and then forget to watch the second part. So uh, I remember everything that happens. It's just, it's been a while. Um, so everybody, next week's homework is Descent Part 2, unsurprisingly. Um, but until then, thank you everybody for listening. I'm going to subject myself to some erotic imagery in the holodeck. And I'm going to remind you that if it's unethical, you are a very unethical person. <laughs> Mm, and live long and podsper. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. <coughs> we will be <laughs> communicating exclusively in dinosaur noises today. <coughs> it was season six. Right, like episode. Did we watch the right episode? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just making sure. Season six, episode twenty six, and it was called Descent. I could talk about time dilation and shit like that for. Oh, it's my dream. I, if I was a smarter man, I would go back to uni and I would actually have some like credentials to back up this and do like a a degree in physics or you, like oh, astronomy okay. or something not like yeah. actual just star trek techno babble <laughs> oh i'll do no that i'm fine i'm fine with i mean to back <laughs> it up with actual science yeah. actual science okay okay well you could do a podcast on your personal mission to take one piece of techno babble and try to dissect it and that's the oh podcast as you trying just to like understand a it 15 minute podcast each week and trying to explain star trek techno babble and uh-huh. how it's inconsistent yeah i like how you made it 15 minutes so that you could actually potentially do it yeah i know it's gonna it can't be another hour podcast i can't this we one's don't already have too long. time we don't um, have time captain borg oh shit <laughs> oh shit get him data Get him! Fuck him up! No! Get him, data! Kill him, data! Kill him, data! Oh, oh, he's going extra! He's going extra! Why is it shaped not like a Borg ship? Where did it just go? Is the one lore? I do. I sometimes wish we could like um, just live broadcast an age reactions to some of the moments um, because I I know the moments are coming. I'm like, and three, two, one. What the fuck? What was that about? What happened there? What's Data doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, chat. What was Ian chanting? Uh, yeah. You, you tell, you tell me. Sarah Superior has the first guess that mm. you were doing Mr. Boombastic by Shaggy. Mr. Lover, Lover. <laughs> oh God. No. Mute him now. Uh, he was singing that part in White and Nerdy by Weird Al. The only question I ever thought was hard. What do I was? Do I like Kirk or do I like Picard? The only question I ever thought was hard was do I like Kirk or do I like Picard? I spend every weekend at the Renaissance Fair. I got my name on my underwear. I do know way Ooh. too many words too to White and Nerdy. I do. Do you know all the words to White and Nerdy? I I can probably yeah yeah. I think I can get through the whole song. Yeah, I think I could. I'm not going to, but I could.
In fact, if I'm not going to, I absolutely could. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> There's no doubt. I could do it right Since now. Since I'm not actually yes. going to do I'm that. I'm not actually going yeah. to do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. What were you what were you singing? Oh, it was my muted song. I'm on mute. I'm on mute. I'm on mute. I'm on mute. 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 I'm on mute. I just made it up. I'm a genius. It happened. Weird Al, call me. Okay. <laughs> Let's collab. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm muted. I'm muted. I'm muted. I'm muted. 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 I think maybe making somebody in the staff sing is actually kind of funny. As a point redemption. I'll, I'll do weird. I'll do, right? I'll do wide nerdy. Yeah, I, I can do that. Well, like a lot of us like to sing. So we'll see. Point With redemption idea. Various degrees of success. I'm better at the rapping because it doesn't require like harmonies or <laughs> the actual ability to hold a melody. Uh, here's one from Link. Um, how come there aren't any more androids like Data? Um, basically, nobody, nobody knows how. Like Dr. Dr. Soong. Soong died before or disappeared and died before he could communicate how he made it. Um, there's a really great episode where they Starfleet wants to take apart data to try and build more of him. And it's basically ruled that um, they can't because he's a person and he's an individual. And if he doesn't want to be taken apart, then he isn't going to be taken apart. So it's just too hard and they don't know how to do it. That's the bottom line. Danae, uh, Nick Jagged says, Danae, did you like the prosthetics of Albert Einstein better or worse than Dr. Sung? Better better i mean he now, had a really pronounced noggin yeah. like you could tell that it's uh-huh. just like we're gonna let you know that this person's smart by making by yeah. making their frontal lobe like larger um you know i thought it i thought it looked really good personally uh because i didn't see two lips that would have been too much <laughs> you did spot and i helped you spot Worf's double nose that we talked about. It's last not really week. a double nose. You can see his nose and then the Klingon nose. But it's, you can it's see purposeful. The it's designed that it has a ridge so and then it, it's using the original anatomy of the actor as part of the facial structure. Yeah. And I think that's brilliant. That's not no, a double I nose. I, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's just Dr. I Soon's can see lip where the was different. Is. It was like they had People a prosthetic. That is not age. <laughs> that is two lips and a prosthetic. I watch way too much face off. Oh, Sarah again. Uh, following up on Jagged, which is the best two-parter of all the two-parters? I like Time's Arrow. Um, I love Time's Arrow. There is, that is an awesome example of some bootstrap paradox um, time travel going on, which I really, really love. Um, I don't know. It's hard. It's best of both worlds. It is that cliffhanger is so fucking good. Shelby is so good. The techno babble is so good. Locutus of Borg is so good. The Enterprise remains concealed in the dust cloud is so good. Um, ah, Wolf three five nine is so good. Ah, I love it. Yes, part two is weaker, but it's still an excellent two parter. It's so so good. I freaking love it. Apart from, I mean, the very last episode, um, uh, All Good Things, that's been mentioned as well by the chat. It is good. I don't technically count it as a two-parter. I know it is, but it's one big episode that just continues. Um, it's a 90-minute episode, but I like it. It's a, it's a good, good Star Trek movie, really, rather than an episode. We have a bit of shade from Josh Zero. What? The Borg showed up and also Data did a datary thing to save the day? How original! I'm going to go watch Final Frontier. 
and again ways to get yourself booted from the chat it's just it's josh tries to get booted all the time though he really does he really does and it's he's fortunate that i'm such a restrained um individual uh jagged adds i wish they didn't cut the scene where the bridge crew start running around screaming it's happening again <laughs> as data once again goes rogue i am with you on Dave's that doing the like, thing we have so many things that have happened with data that are alarming recently so mm-hmm. i think that this would have been an appropriate reaction nick says jordy walks in on data in quotation marks choking the borg and asks am i interrupting the dude should knock um yes choking the borg is now my new euphemism um for private time and <laughs> you should always knock on another individual's holodeck programs stop walking in on them or you're gonna see a Riker boner um just seems common cats uh, I really enjoyed this comment from It Don't Connect during the show who said, I have to keep uh, taking out my earbuds to chat with my boss and watching in and Danae gesture without hearing what they're mm-hmm. saying is very entertaining. We are here to help. <laughs> Jagged asks, here's a question mostly for Ian. Is this the weakest of all the TNG two-parters? I really enjoyed the others more. <clears throat> um, mm, I... Mm. I wouldn't call any of them weak, but the question is weakest. No, Birthright is definitely the weakest. Because um, like I said, that couldn't even... It didn't have enough to be an A plot for both episodes, so it needed a B plot for the first episode and then nothing for the second. And I'm not a huge fan of the... Like, the Klingon episodes are really, really great for building the lore, etc. But they're not my favourite. And Birthright is one that seems super profound but doesn't actually have any lasting consequences either so it's it's an interesting one but i for me that would be the weakest which kills me because i love Worf. here's a sin from jagged deanna on the planet you better come take a look at this cliche and i think it's a meeting hall she says as they walk into the very <laughs> obvious meeting hall yeah yeah Little exposition uh-huh that was a that was a rough one <laughs> quite honestly <laughs> Oh, this was a good one from so um uh R1MA, which I think is Rima78. Um, weren't the Frangi supposed to be the Klingons of TNG? And it don't connect replies with from my vast knowledge and understanding of Star Trek. I recall that Ferengi are a group of individuals who do things in certain ways and sometimes also don't do things. Um, which is a great way of saying they're whatever the plot needs to be, which is very, very true. They're the butt of the joke until they're actually intimidating and then they have too much power and then they're undermined because they're so easily outwitted but yeah the ferengi appear very early on in in season one of tng and they were meant to be the big bad but they're ridiculous like even in their first episode they're kind of a little bit scrawny and strange and then the borg and the romulans took over and were way more way more um original and no the ferengi were original but the borg and romulans are way more intimidating so the the Ferengi quickly became kind of the butt of the the butt of the joke, and Quark is actually in that episode, but playing a different Ferengi. It's Armin Shimmerman, the guy that plays Quark. He's in that episode, but yeah, playing another one entirely. So he's really credited with defining the Ferengi as we know them. Uh, Link says, uh, "Which ship would win, the Enterprise or the Derpa Prize?" Oh, the, the I'm going to say the Derpa Prize, a hundred percent. Unless it's out of pure sympathy. Yeah, uh-huh. it, like I'm not even going to bother to raise shields, and then the Derp Prize just—it's going to yeah. derp its way to number one. Derp its way to success. That's yeah, right. I think that would happen. Okay, Impressive maneuvers. <laughs> Here is a question, actually, from Sarah, mm. who asks, "What species is the cutest?" 
I think the Denobulans are so cute. Oh, it's Dr. Phlox. I love the Denobulans so much. Um, to answer the question, um, whatever Murph is from Prodigy, which is this like goopy, this goopy creature, oh, and we do yeah. know his species. I cannot remember the name of his species, but we have been told. Um, but he's just freaking adorable. Um, either that or the exocomps. Um, the exocomps are adorable. So that's Peanut Hamper that we saw in um, Oh, Lower they Deck. are so cute. The exocomps are so... Peanut Hamper's a dick, but the regular exocomps are adorable. Melanoid slime worm? Yeah, Murph? that sounds right. Yeah. Mem- mem- yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty yeah. cute. Although Murph I've never seen adorable. that series. Yeah, I'll just have to so piggyback good. on on Ian. Um, although I, I think... The Klingons are adorable <laughs> in their own way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spiky but adorable. A last question. If you could have any two Star Trek characters interact with each other, who would you like to see on screen together? Hmm, man. It would be <sighs> Janeway. Hmm. Janeway and Captain Pike. I want those two captains because I actually think they're very similar styles of captain. They're very nurturing. They're very approachable. They're very fun. Um, they're also very moral. Um, I, I would love to see them team up and just respect the hell out of each other. Like my team ups, I hate when it's conflict. It's like it, there always has to be this stereotype that there's immediate conflict between them. I want to see them team up and just be best buds. Hmm. I think for the sake of the scene, I want Boimler to be involved because he's mm. such a fan, ah! you know, of like everything to do with the Federation. So no matter who you pair him with, there's going to be this fun representation of the fan in that mm. scene. Mm-hmm. So then I think it'd be for fun sure. to pair him up with like Worf or something where it's like a serious <laughs> character. Wolf would, Wolf would murder him. But he wouldn't. So he wouldn't quick. actually. He'd want to. Yeah, yeah. But like, no, you're like, right. You know, it'd be like Boimler trying to learn as much as he could and maybe like move up in the ranks and and then it would be, uh, you know, Worf having to en- endure it all. Um, That would be kind of a fun, that'd be kind of a fun one maybe to mm-hmm. do something kind of like that. Uh, Or you could go like comedy route. I'd love to do like comedy route quirk paired with some people would be kind of interesting oh absolutely you know who we really haven't seen since the first season of picard is data's daughter right like bring her back oh yeah uh-huh like i'm curious about that whole arc like yeah, where are we so going with this character so mm-hmm. i'd like to kind of check in with that character just as a fan <laughs> well she's so, done now isn't she because wesley picked her up um right? Wesley the Traveler collected her and, yeah, and so, they all ooh, let's disappeared. Do that. Let's do like the traveler character and, oh, and like I'll a traveler character to kind of like see into that whole universe and then uh-huh. pair them up with something that really grounds them into humanity so that we can relate to godlike people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I would I would love that because the travelers they I think it's implied they can travel through time as well. So you could have a time travel through the history of Star Trek. If you've got a traveler. Will Wheaton. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Daj or Soji, whoever it was. Yeah, that would be really, really fun. Before we shart the shart the stove. <laughs> Let's shart the stove. Sharting that does not everywhere. Sound... Yeah. That sounds painful. Let's stow the sharts, actually, before we do anything else. 